North Carolina's Medicaid expansion goes into effect. Community Health Systems finalizes its sale of three of its Florida hospitals to Tampa General. And a House panel will investigate the Food and Drug Administration over its decision to declare certain oral over-the-counter decongestants as ineffective. It's Tuesday, December 5th. I'm Jay Carlisle Larson, and this is Just Healthcare Daily, where you get the headlines in health business and policy news in 10 minutes or less. Around 600,000 additional low-income North Carolina residents are now eligible for Medicaid coverage as the state's expansion of the program goes into effect. Beginning on December 1st, state residents between the ages of 19 and 64 who make less than $20,120 annually are now eligible for comprehensive health coverage through Medicaid. A household of four can make up to $41,400 for an adult to be eligible. Of the 600,000 newly eligible residents, around 300,000 who were already receiving limited Medicaid family planning benefits were automatically enrolled in full coverage. The state currently has 2.9 million enrollees covered by some form of Medicaid. At an enrollment event this weekend, Democratic Governor Roy Cooper told the audience that many crucial workers in the state, including child and senior care providers, restaurant workers, and custodians, will now have access to health care coverage that many would not have had access to otherwise because they either earned too much to qualify for Medicaid or earned too little for ACA subsidies. Cooper said that expanding the program and getting residents the care they need, including care for issues like high blood pressure and other common concerns will have an impact on all parts of North Carolina life. Expanding Medicaid expands opportunities. And we know that a healthier population means a healthier economy. Going to work, earning a living, supporting your family, contributing to the vibrancy of our communities. You can't do that if you're sick. Cooper went on to say that Medicaid expansion will also boost the state's struggling rural hospitals as well as help law enforcement agencies that intervene in cases of substance use issues. North Carolina's decision to expand the safety net program was not without its challenges. Over the last decade, state lawmakers, primarily Republicans, refused to expand the program under the Affordable Care Act. The political tide turned, however, during the COVID-19 pandemic when the federal government offered a larger financial incentive for holdout states to pass expansion through 2021's American Rescue Plan Act. In March, both chambers of the North Carolina legislature passed the Access to Health Care Options Bill. However, lawmakers included a caveat in the bill that tied Medicaid expansion to the passage of a state budget, which was only finalized in September. Democratic lawmakers and even Governor Cooper did not support the budget because it included items like a major expansion of private school vouchers. Though Cooper called the budget bad, he allowed it to pass without signing it, ultimately allowing Medicaid expansion to go into effect. 
there are still 10 states that have not expanded Medicaid, and it's not clear if those states, which include Texas, Tennessee, and Wisconsin, ever will. The U.S. Department of Health and Human Services estimates that if those remaining states were to expand their Medicaid programs under the ACA, roughly 3.5 million uninsured or underinsured people could enroll in Medicaid. Community Health Services has finalized the sale of three of its Florida-based hospitals to Tampa General Hospital in a $294 million deal. The Franklin, Tennessee-based for-profit hospital operator announced that the sale had closed on Friday. In July, CHS said that it was selling hospitals, Brevera Health Brooksville with 120 beds, 124-bed Brevera Health Spring Hill, and 128-bed Brevera Health Seven Rivers to Tampa General. The sale also includes the hospital's associated assets, physician clinic operations, and outpatient services, according to Friday's announcement. CHS CEO Tim Hankton told investors during a call this summer that the sale would allow the company to focus its resources in markets that in the long term will produce greater growth and returns for the organization. CHS operates in 40 markets across 15 states, and its subsidiaries either own or lease more than 70 affiliated hospitals with around 12,000 beds. The national operator has had a rocky financial year. In October, it reported a $91 million net loss in the third quarter. During the same period in 2022, it reported a net loss of $42 million. According to SEC filings, CHS has sold 11 hospitals in 2023, including the Brevera sale, in six states, including Oklahoma, North Carolina, and West Virginia. In other acquisition news, for-profit national hospital chain HCA Healthcare announced on Friday that its Houston division purchased 11 emergency departments in the Houston metropolitan area from Signature Care Emergency. The financial terms of that deal were not disclosed. HCA Houston now has 26 freestanding EDs. House Republicans will investigate the Food and Drug Administration over its handling of a common decongestant ingredient used in certain over-the-counter cough and cold drugs that it recently found to be ineffective. Subcommittee on Health Care and Financial Services Chairwoman Lisa McLean, a Republican representative from Michigan, sent a letter to FDA Commissioner Robert Califf on Sunday informing him that the committee wants to learn why the agency did not take earlier action on the ingredient phenylephrine. In the letter, the committee raised concerns that phenylephrine has been considered generally recognized as safe and effective for close to 50 years, though scientific evidence doesn't support it receiving this designation. In September, the FDA's Non-Prescription Drugs Advisory Committee determined that the ingredient was not effective when it's used in oral over-the-counter cough and cold medicines such as Sudafed PE and DayQuil. Scientific evidence shows that only a small amount of the drug actually makes it to the nose when it's taken by mouth. The advisory committee's ruling only applies to oral versions, not to phenylephrine when it's in a nasal spray form. At the time, FDA officials
officials said that they hadn't determined whether or not to remove its generally recognized as safe and effective designation. Phenylephrine became the main drug in over-the-counter decongestants after a 2006 law limited the sale of medicines containing pseudoephedrine, which is the active ingredient in regular Sudafed. The law mandated moving drugs containing pseudoephedrine behind the counter in retail pharmacies and other stores, as it's frequently used as an ingredient in illegally produced methamphetamine. Oral over-the-counter decongestants have a large share of the retail drug market, and it's estimated that Americans spend an average of $1.8 billion per year on these products, according to the FDA. In October, CVS became the first national drugstore chain to voluntarily remove oral phenylephrine-containing products from its shelves. Walgreens, Walmart, and Kroger have, so far, not followed CVS's lead. This is Just Healthcare Daily. I'm Jay Carlisle Larson. Thank you so much for listening. If you like the show, please leave us a rating or a review. It helps other listeners find the program. You can check out more insights on healthcare business and policy news at justhealthcare.com. You can also get these insights emailed directly to your inbox when you subscribe to our newsletter, The Weekly Gist. The GIST Healthcare Podcast is an independent production of GIST Healthcare, a Kaufman Hall company.